pieces. My God. <gasps> we give you glory, God. We give God the praise. Oh, we magnify the Lord in the majestic name of Jesus. Amen. Amen and amen to God be the glory. Welcome each and every last one of you to the Kingdom International Intercession and Word of Empowerment Broadcast. I am Apostle Deron Shazon, your founder, and it is such a privilege and an honor to have you with us. Amen on today. Glory to God. We bless the name of Jesus. We are Divine Order Restoration Ministries International, where we are restoring the order of God, one life, one body, one nation at a time. And we thank God for what it is that he's doing in the world as souls are being saved. Life's change transformed <clears throat> so that he may be glorified in the earth. Amen. In the majestic name of Jesus. God is just absolutely awesome like that. Amen. Um, this morning word is coming from the book of um, Isaiah chapter 23 and 24. And we thank the name of Jesus, glory to God. Um, we would have um, a word uh, to come forth this morning by a dynamic uh, woman of God. Amen. Well, God has just chosen for such a time as this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Um, she received salvation on Pentecost Sunday, um, June the 7th, 1992. And she grew up in the AME denomination. God drew her to ministries that were governed by the apostolic doctrine. She is the founder and CEO of Thorn Life and a minister of the Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. She founded Judah offering of the youth dance ministry in 1991. She currently serves as a teacher of Kingdom Strategies University. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And she is an adoption advocate. Amen. 
she currently resides in the Indiana, Indianapolis. area region and so we bless the name of jesus for her her favorite scripture is first timothy six six but godliness with content is great gain she's a blessed mother of seven children and 12 grandchildren that brings her an abundance of joy at this time um i would like to present dominion and represent to others none other than dr dunn l cooper amen in jesus name dynamic woman of god uh, you have the platform amen Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Praise God from whom all blessings flow this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I am so grateful to be here today. Um, God has just really blessed. He, he just keeps speaking over and over and I love him because his word is so fresh. So today we just going to go ahead and and, and really get into this word a little bit and uh, uh, try to chew on it and rightly divide it. Hallelujah. Uh, but before we do so, I'd like to thank, hallelujah, my Lord and Savior, my all, my Jesus Christ, for calling me to speak to a nation that has turned their backs on him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I'd like to thank Apostle Durante Zorn for providing this platform and and for inviting me to deliver the word of the Almighty God to a lost and dying generation. Ah, yay. And I thank all of you who have yielded an ear to hear. Yes, yes. The word of God says, let those that have an ear hear. I pray the ground is broken up within you and ready for the planted word. Mm. Let it take root. And let it prosper 100-fold. Let us pray before we get started. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you. Hallelujah. Lord, we ask that you, oh Lord, be manifested here in this place, Father. I ask that you help me, dear Lord, to decrease in my ways of thinking, Father. And I ask that you increase. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, fill me up right now, Father, that I might overflow to your people, Father. Oh, Lord, I ask even now that you begin to touch every ear that hears this message. Hallelujah. Let it be forever life-changing. Father, I love you and I praise you. It's in the name of Jesus. I pray this prayer. Amen and amen. So we are uh, today in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapters 23 and 24. And um, here, I wanted to give you, before we get started into that, I wanted to give you a little background about the book of Isaiah. The book of Isaiah is an extremely unique book in the Bible. Um, it is written and uh, thought to be compiled uh, 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 solely by uh, the prophet Isaiah. Hallelujah. Um, however, it is believed by most that the details within the book spans about 200 years. So 
uh, uh, Isaiah talks about different things uh, uh, and time frame, and the time frame spans about 200 years, which lends that there had to be multiple authors of this book. It is believed that Isaiah died around maybe 740-ish before Christ, and so the exile didn't take place until maybe the latter 500s before Christ. So the latter part of Isaiah, maybe after about the Hmm, 39th chapter uh, is not uh, considered to be written by Isaiah, but other prophet, another prophet or prophets even, uh, who lived during that time of the exile or the return um, and or, I guess, the, the, the return. And so this makes this book very, very unique in that um, – just the span of prophecies that go forth. And it really doesn't matter if they're by Isaiah or by another prophet. It was God who was speaking to the land at that time and uh, using willing vessels that would relay uh, his message. Um, So today we are focused on Isaiah 23 and 24. And again, this is Isaiah who is uh, trying to convince the nation to stop their sinning, stop, you know, disobeying God and to turn back. And he's trying to encourage them that, that truly God is the way and, and he has established a, a prosperity for us if we walk in his ways. And so in, the, in these chapters, Isaiah is warning the people just to turn from their evil ways and uh, he does this so they don't have to suffer the consequences of their disobedience. So we're going to focus today on Isaiah 25, 24 and 5. So uh, Isaiah verse uh, chapters 24, verse 5. And it reads, The earth also is defiled under the inhabitants thereof, because they have transgressed the laws, changed the ordinance, and broken the everlasting covenant. So Isaiah speaks to three things that are occurring here within the nation of Israel. Uh, One is they transgressed the laws. Um, Two, they changed the ordinance. And three, they broken the everlasting covenant. Hallelujah. And remember last uh, month, we talked a little bit about sin, iniquity, and transgression. And so in this verse, it talks about they transgressed the law. So we're going to go back. Um, A lot of times when we hear things over and over, it kind of sticks with us and gets in us. So we're going to go back and and, and visit that uh, very quickly. Uh, Sin is normally not premeditated, and it normally is something that is not through, we, we sin, we miss the mark, uh, you might not think about speeding. You might not think that through. Like, you know, this is against the law. We shouldn't be doing You may not think that through. You may just do it. And, and even though it's against the, the, the laws of the land, it's still considered sin um, by God because God instructs us to obey the laws of the land. So you might think, you might not think uh, through speeding but it happens. That, that's kind of sin. It's just missing the mark. 
And then it progresses. When it progresses, it, it goes to iniquity. And iniquity is sin that takes place and becomes a commonplace, but your conscience is uneasy about it. So um, maybe it's like living with someone without being married. Uh, you know it is wrong, and your conscience is totally out of trouble with it. You know, I can't go to church and let them know that, or I, I got to try to keep it from them. I don't want to give them uh, the address because it might be the same address. It just keeps weighing on you. So it still has that toggle. The iniquity still has you go back and forth. You're swaying. Uh, transgression, however, occurs when you stay in iniquity and you no longer care what God says about it. So, okay, I'm living with this person and we ain't married. Whatever, get with it. That's the way it is. And they have no regard for what God thinks about it. So, so missing the mark has progressions. It, it begins with sin. It progresses to iniquity and then finally transgression where you're just separated from God. Hallelujah. So it says here that the people transgress the law. They, they, so, so Isaiah tells us that the people uh, uh, were walking in disobedience with no regard to the sovereignty of God, to no regard uh, 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 and realization that God is the, uh, the head, that there is none greater, that God is the chief, that God is the ruler, that God um, instructs and, 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 and reigns over the land. They had no regard for any of that, no regard uh, for what God had even established for them in times past and, and, and the future he had for them, no regard for any of that. So we see that um, in, in, in that it talked about they transgressed the laws. Next, we see that they changed the ordinances, okay? So they transgressed the laws, no more caring about what God thinks about anything, and now they changed the ordinance. And an ordinance is a law set forth by the government normally, and so the people had no regard for the authority of the land and made the laws to fit their lifestyles. The law here in Isaiah the laws here in Isaiah were set forth by, by God. So this is a little different because they, they weren't set forth by men. Um, but the laws were set forth by God. The ordinances were set forth by God and expected to be followed uh, throughout the generations. So uh, these were uh, uh, ordinances that they began to change. And when I think about that, I'm reminded of Romans 10 and 3, it states, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. And this is the church. So we see that this happened in the, you know, way back in Isaiah's day, what, 700 BC? And it's still going on in the church today for they being ignorant of God's righteousness 
They went about to establish their own righteousness, having not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. This verse speaks today again of us, you all, and it can be likened to Isaiah 24 and 5 for both. They, they knew and we know today the law that God has set forth. Hallelujah. Uh, 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 God even uh, went as far today as to write it in our heart. Hallelujah. But just, you know, but, you know, people just prefer to do it their own way. They knew, they thought, let me see, they thought they knew what was better for them than, than what God and that than, than what God did. And gosh, that just sounds like so many people uh, that I know today. And, and, and I'll be real honest with you. In, in certain situations, uh, we tend, I can, I can admit anyway, that in certain situations, I have veered off the path and, and, and thought, you know, I, I know what's best. You know, not, not, not uh, in God's face like that. Um, definitely not harshly, but God told me to do something, and, and I, in fear, I didn't do it um, because I thought I knew best. Now, this going to happen. What if that happens? No, you know, we, we can't do that, church. We cannot do that. We, we have to go by the mandates of God, do the things that he has required of us. We cannot go and do things and think that we can operate outside of the will of God and think <laughs> we're not going to suffer consequences. Amen. So I'm also reminded of uh, something here that happened. And although it was in favor of God, it still was something that broke an ordinance, um, something that I had never heard in my life happen. And so um, I thought bringing it to the attention of you all uh, might be helpful. Uh, here in the state of Indiana, uh, and that's where I reside, uh, they went against the ordinance of the land by not funding facilities that performed abortions. So even though it was an established law from the federal government, Indiana did not believe in it. Therefore, no Indiana dollars, government dollars, federal dollars, were allocated to abortion clinics. They broke the ordinance, even though it was for a righteous reason, and they established what they believed was right. Hallelujah, in the eyes of God. So that, that, that gives you some uh, background on what can go on when you, you break an ordinance. Although this one was uh, in a righteous way, uh, the children of Israel were breaking God's ordinances in the land and, and, and going about to set their own. So the Hebrew nation disobeyed the ordinance of God set in place, much different than the federal government. How about we look at what many Christians do today? Ha, come on, we're going to bring it home tonight. Uh, they find churches that accept their indulgences. Don't, don't they? You know, that's, that's what a lot of Christians do today. Uh, they try to find churches or religions that accept their indulgences. Many churches today accept secular music and secular concerts. 
They accept drinking. They accept and promote the attendance of uh, rated R movies. Uh, they say nothing or accept promiscuous clothing. All of these things a lot of the churches are doing today, and these are people that have changed the ordinances of God. These are churches today that have changed the ordinance of God. And so when you really don't want to walk a sanctified life, then you find a way or, a, or, or you find an environment that makes you comfortable in your indulgences. And, you know, I know people that smoke weed. So they, they link up with the Rastafarian religion. And because it is becoming lawful in many states, don't be surprised if churches start accepting this behavior as well. So we got to look. We got to be careful that our, our ordinances are in line with God, that we're not trying to find a place that will help us to be comfortable in sin. Mm, come on. Help us be comfortable in sin. Um, lastly, the people broke the everlasting covenant. So they transgressed the laws. They changed the ordinance. Now it says they broke the everlasting covenant. So, so what is that? Uh, what, is, what is the everlasting covenant? This is the covenant that, or the promise or the commitment or the oath to allow God to be their Lord and to reign over them forever. So it's when we commit ourselves to, to Christ, we are committed for a lifetime. There is no, no disconnect. Um, this is likened what the people were doing here is likened to divorce. We make a vow to stay with this person forever. Then we break the oath that is made. When the people broke their everlasting covenant with God, they were breaking their relationship with God. They were disconnecting from him. Hallelujah. Now, it's, it's a difference, and I want to uh, uh, reiterate, there's a difference when um, something takes place within a relationship and um, the other one leaves or you leave um, uh, for righteous reasons. Um, and, and so we're not talking about that. We're talking about a divorce where I just don't want to be with them no more because they get on my nerves or, you know, we, we've just grown apart. We've just, you know, and, and, and because that's what we do with God. We said the same thing, you know, that's what people do. We just, no, you know, we've just grown apart. I used to be all into church and stuff, but now it's just, I don't like it. And so we disconnect that that's with uh, breaking the everlasting covenant because you have vowed forever from here on out in this world and that to come. To, to stay and be committed to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, hallelujah. And here, again, uh, there are the three. They transgressed the law, they changed the ordinance, and broke the everlasting covenant. And when I look at this, I see a great example in the life of Samson. Mm. And so I'm let me just side note here so everyone knows, I'm a very relational person. I, I connect with people. In fact, I, I'm energized 
around people. You know, people kind of go away and they, you know, the gang. I'm energized. People energize me. They get me going. I love people. I like to be around people. Um, and, and so I'm just very relational. And so I connect easily with people. Therefore, I go to people in the Bible much more easily than scriptures. So when I'm in a trial, I tend to think of people in the Bible who were in trials and am encouraged by their right choices, or I see wrong decisions they made, and I deviate from what they did. And so I'm very relational shit driven. So I see the person first, and then I, I think about the scriptures that that are written about that person. And, and that's what, what uh, encourages me or causes me to uh, uh, do the right thing or see things from a godly perspective. Thank God for his blueprint. Hallelujah. Thank God for the word of God today. Hallelujah. So we look in the life of Samson, who uh, have been given instructions, even as a child, even in his mother's womb, he instructed his parents on the purpose of his life and that he would be the deliverer of Israel out of the hands of the Philistines. So God declared Samson a Nazarite still while he was in his mother's womb. And this meant that he could not cut his hair. He could not eat anything from the vine. So that means grapes, wine, raisins, anything from the vine he could not eat. And he could not come near a corpse. No dead thing, whether it was a person, animal, otherwise. Um, and and he and his family lived near a heathen town called Timnath. And Samson went to Timnath and found a woman that he fell in love with. Okay? He came home and convinced his parents to support this marriage. He transgressed the law. So we see that Samson transgressed the law in that God forbade the Hebrew nation from marrying outside of the nation, their nation. And then he changed the ordinances to fit his indulgence. He, he changed. So he went and asked his parents now to support this marriage. He, he, he manipulated his parents into supporting a marriage that was not supported by God. Hallelujah. He's manipulating the ordinance. He's transgressing the law. And then we see further on in his life that Samson touched the body of a dead lion. He slept with numerous women, all of them Philistines, and he drank wine. He, did, he, he ended up towards the end of his life having no regard for God. And it ultimately caused him to transgress the everlasting covenant, separation from God. And so that, I'm, when I see all of this, I see it. Uh, 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 progress in the life of Samson. And so what, so what happened? So, so what happened to Samson um, after he, he transgressed the everlasting covenant? Samson fell into, God allowed this, God allowed, because he separated himself from God. Samson fell into the hands of the Philistines, and they gouged his eyes out and put him on display at a very large stadium or pavilion uh, uh, for all the Philistines uh, at an event to come and see so they could mock him. Ah, oh, you're not strong no more. Ha, huh? yeah, try, try us now. We got you. And 
mocking him and mocking the God that he served. And, and in that, they tied him to, to, to two columns and, and just chained him up. And, 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 and he said, God, if you just give me this last strength, he turned back to God and said, just give me the last strength to kill all of these people, to kill them. They are mocking you. And God granted his last request of strength and caused the walls of the stadium to collapse, killing everyone inside the king, his court, as well as Samson himself. So ultimately, Samson did uh, deliver the people from the hand of the Philistines. They were um, killed. Most of them were killed in that that place. But uh, we just uh, uh, see that in Samson's life there was um, the transgression of law, the breaking of ordinances, and uh, the breaking of the everlasting covenant. Amen? Amen. Amen, amen. So when this behavior is poured out over the land, it truly brings a hardship on those that are trying to live sanctified lives. But we have to remember, we have to remember, and, and if this, this, this message has a title, it would be, I only answer to God. I only answer to God. How many times have we said that? What? You don't tell me nothing. I just answer to God. I, I only answer to God. That's so ignorant. But you know, ignorant meaning not knowing. So, um, so this behavior that people indulge in in the land, it truly brings hardship to the land. In Isaiah 24, 7, it states, the new wine mourneth, the vine languisheth. All the merry-hearted do sigh. Hallelujah. And this dispensation for the church of today, new wine symbolizes the Holy Spirit. Mark 2.22 states, neither do men put new wine into old bottles, else the bottles break and the new wine runneth out and the bottles perish. But they put new wine into new bottles and both are preserved New wine are those individuals that allow the Holy Spirit to reign in their new vessel. Hallelujah. John 15 states that uh, uh, I'm a vine. Ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. So there are people that are connected with the vine. The vine symbolizes God. The scriptures say in Isaiah that God languished or was exhausted. Dealing with people who constantly make wrong decisions often take time and time again, showing them the right way extremely exhausting. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So God is speaking to the, the righteous today here in seven, the new wine, the vine, and the merry hearted. Hallelujah. That's who he's speaking to, the righteous. So we finally have the merry-hearted or the joyous. In Nehemiah 8.10, he encourages the people that the joy of the Lord will be your strength. These people had joy. So this tells us that they were strong in spirit. So God was the foundation for this remnant of people walking righteously in God's power. The righteous ones are becoming heavy, not because of the unsaved, but those that 
call themselves saved and do contrary. Those living righteously expect the sinners to be heathen. We expect that, right? We expect the sinners to act ungodly. We expect the sinners to not have regard for God. But when you tell others that you are saved and live a life contrary of that salvation, you become grievous to the land. This is worse than Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah sinned, but they never confessed. They never confessed God. They were just sinners. So here we are talking about the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel are the chosen nation of God. They are the chosen ones. Hallelujah. And they are, a, they are walking in disobedience. Ha, yeah. They are walking clearly in disobedience. So this would be likened unto the, the people today who say they are saved but live a life contrary. You might want to be careful saying you answer to only God because you will have to explain yourself one day. We are confessing Christ all day long and yet have no regard for God. Come on, people. Come on, people. See it today. And most times people think they only answer to themselves. Ain't that crazy? Most times people think that's when they say that. They say, I only answer to God. That means that most people think they only answer to themselves. They say ignorant stuff like the only person I have to answer to is Christ. That's, that's just not knowing. Absolutely you will answer to Christ, and he is going to question your behavior. I have seven children who have parents, biological parents, that thought that they only had to answer to themselves. And their bad choices in life cause their children to be wards of the state. No, you do not only answer to God. We are accountable to the body. We have a responsibility to walk in integrity, to please God, and to gain the trust of man. Hallelujah. People of God, we are connected. We are connected body. We, we, we don't do we don't, when we do things, hallelujah, it doesn't just affect us. If one goes astray, it hurts us all because the world sees people that confess Christ but live contrary. It prevents them from hearing the truly righteous person when they come to tell them about salvation. They don't listen to the righteous because so many People that have confessed salvation have strayed from it. So now they just don't listen to anybody, and we don't know who is watching us. Because of uh, the disobedience of, of uh, unrighteous people who say they're righteous, uh, you may have caused, let's just say, let's throw a number out, eight onlookers to fall. So let's say... You're claiming to know God, and there are eight people watching, maybe some family members, some coworkers, uh, some friends, and, and you claim Jesus, you claim to save life, but you're, you're constantly uh, living contrary. Then along with them, uh, uh, along with the eight that see 
you, then they took their families away. So now they're like, see, they all the same. I ain't going to church, and I'm not taking my family to church, and we're not doing that. And then because of that, their children won't bring their children up in the ways of God. But it's just between you and Jesus, right? Come on, people of God. We got to see the big picture here. We got to see that, that, that because we, we say one thing and do another, we are impacting generations to come. It is not just about us. Hallelujah. Ezekiel was a true prophet of God, a true, God spoke to him, and he spoke exactly what he heard from God to the people. But yet, but yet, because of the sins of the people, the people, the chosen nation, because of the sins of the people, Ezekiel was carried away into captivity too. Ezekiel did absolutely nothing to deserve being carried away as a slave, but because of the sins of the people, he suffered their punishment. And even though he served time for their wrongs, he still continued to encourage them and walk in God's ways. You still think you answered to God only? Come on now, when you say that. Now, hear me today. Hear me today. I'm not here today to say you do not answer to God. I'm here to challenge your attitude behind that statement. I answer to God when I make righteous decisions that are not popular with the world or people that consider themselves to be saved but contrary. So when I say something, uh, when, when I alarm the people, when I uh, speak prophetically uh, uh, to the people to turn from their ways and, and not do this or not do that or see, see, the, uh, 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 see the God in, uh, in, in, in uh, 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 see the God way in coming out of that, uh, I answer to God. That's when I say, no, you know, I'm, I'm sorry you're offended by what I said. I did not mean to offend you. However, I answer to God. So, however, when God tells me to do things, I do it regardless of what people may think, regardless of what people may say, and regardless of what people might do. So I answer to God. That's the motivation behind that term. Uh, that, that I answer to God when he instructs me to do something and I do it or say it. And, and you know, people of God, you don't sin and say you only answer to God. That's just, that, that's not what this term means. Um, but, and, and so when you're making bad choices and you say that you only answer to God, it, 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 it's showing that you're unlearned. You're ignorant. Ignorant in the sense that you don't understand what is meant by your words and that statement. A pastor back in Ohio, and I'm from Ohio, uh, he, he, he always says that if you're offended, it means you heard it. And, and I get the big, you know, when, when, when uh, someone shared that with me, I just laughed. And I, I still, it, it went with me. Uh, I never met the gentleman, but... You know, if, if, if someone is offended, it means they heard you. And I guess that's true, although it's not my intent to offend, uh, but to lovingly correct. And again, I answer to God. 
Hallelujah. I can say I answer to God. So let me be the first to tell you that I don't care how loving you are at times. People will, uh, some people will always be offended because they never like being corrected. Hallelujah. But, but when we answer to God, let it be righteously. Hallelujah. Let it not be uh, in the way that Samson lived his life. Hallelujah. Let it be in a way that David, hallelujah, lived his life or that Joseph lived his life, that Peter, the apostles, they lived their lives. Hallelujah. Uh, we do answer to God. You better believe it. You better believe we answer to God. Hallelujah. And we, 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 we want um, to, to present um, ourselves a living sacrifice um, before God, holy and acceptable before him. That, and you know what? That, that's just reasonable. Hallelujah. But um, I'm here today to say I, I'd like to go beyond that. I, I, I'd like to go beyond presenting my body as a living sacrifice. I want to go over and beyond that, people of God. Hallelujah. It's my desire to do more than that. I don't want to just do the reasonable service. I don't want to do the reasonable service. I don't want to just make it in. Hallelujah. But I want to be used by God. I want, I want God to speak to me and trust that what he tells me about someone else won't be carried further. Hallelujah. I want God's trust. I want God's trust to know that he can tell me to do something and I not allow fear to prevent me from doing it. I, I want to go over and beyond that reasonable service. I want God to, to call me a friend. I want God to trust me like a friend. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. People of God, we do answer to God. Hallelujah. And be mindful. Be ever mindful. If you ever hear someone say that, just explain it to them. Hallelujah. Because they don't know. They don't understand. They cannot sin and say that. That is not what that term means. Hallelujah. I only answer to God when he instructs me and mandates me to do his will upon this earth. I answer to God in how I respond. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Be blessed. Hallelujah. I pray this word ignites within your soul. And I pray, to Heavenly Father, that it prospers. Hallelujah. And that it is ever life-changing in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Back in your hands, Apostle. Amen. <clears throat> amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father God, we just thank you for this servant. We thank you, Almighty King, for the word that was released in our lives. We thank you, O oh Lord God, for um the boldness, O oh God. We thank you, Lord God, for a word of correction, of a word of oh God, amen, that will penetrate our hearts and our minds that will cause man to, to think hey. to think oh God about the life that um, we live so that oh Lord God where we're out of alignment that we will come into alignment with your perfect yeah. will so that you can be displayed in the earth oh God 
through us. We thank you, O Lord, because of the obedience of your servant that you will pour back into her. Lord God, a hundredfold in which she poured into your people. That you would just continue to enlarge her territory. Oh, almighty king, we thank you for the great work that you have. That you have planned for her life. And we thank you. We thank you, we thank you, and we give you glory. We thank you, Lord God, that because she's in you, that the enemy shall not prevail over her life, that retaliation and backlash, oh God, would not come near the tent of her dwellings, and that any enemies, oh God, that that has, oh God, risen up against her, that they'll fall, that they'll fall, oh God. In the name of Jesus, right before her eyes. Because she's standing in the truth of your word. We we thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. That out of obedience, that your favor will accompany her. And that, oh God, that what is needed, that you'll provide. We thank you, oh God, for the abundance in her the abundance in her life. Thank oh, you. heavenly King, in the majestic name of Jesus, how we give you glory and praise. And it is in Jesus' name that we prayed. Amen, amen, and amen. My God, we just bless the name of Jesus. Um, in this place, um, dynamic people of God, we're